Welcome, everyone, to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. Week 8 had the maximum amount of mayhem, with UNLV winning with a buzzer-beating field goal, Nevada finally getting in the win column, and Air Force kept on rolling. We'll then talk about all the games in Week 9. As always, we'll finish the show by handing out this week's Hikes Peak Weekly MVP. Let's get right into it. Let's start with Nevada going on the road to take on San Diego State. This was, and I'm not exaggerating, one of the slowest moving football games I've ever seen. Nevada's first offensive drive ended with a Brandon Talton field goal. Then both teams came up empty on every single drive until Brandon Talton hit another field goal at the end of the first half. Somehow the second half was even less eventful. Both teams punted twice. Nevada missed two field goals, leaving the door open for San Diego State to steal the game on their final drive. But with one minute left, as Jalen Maiden tried to scramble for more yards at the Nevada 23-yard line, He bumped into one of his own O-linemen and ended up fumbling the ball, knocking it into the air, where Jonathan Maldonado was waiting to grab it and seal Nevada's first win in their last 17 tries. The Wolfpack get positive momentum for the first time all year and have another winnable game in New Mexico coming up. The Aztecs, meanwhile, fall to 3-5 as Brady Hoke's seat begins to warm. Brendan Lewis didn't do anything crazy, but he also didn't turn the ball over, which was a big reason why they got this win. 9 of 22, 98 passes passing yards and 40 rushing yards. Sean Dollars also ran for 49 rushing yards and Amani Johnson had nine tackles. It was a real rough game for Jalen Maiden. 6 of 14, 47 passing yards, ran for 52 rushing yards and a fumble. Both Zyrus Fiaseyu and Des John Malone had five tackles and a sack. Next, we have number 22 Air Force traveling to Annapolis to take on their rival Navy. The drama for this rivalry showdown begins way before kickoff. Earlier in the week, Coach Calhoun announced that starting quarterback Zach Lair would be out for, quote, a while. A big blow to one of the Falcons' deepest offenses in years. Turns out it was a sham, and Larrier was completely fine the whole time. This was just done to mess with Navy. Just incredible. After an uneventful first quarter, Air Force got on the board first with their longest touchdown in school history, a 94-yard pass to Dane Kinnamon. That was the end of the first half fireworks, with the next six drives ending in punts. Navy's offense remained lifeless, with Air Force stretching their lead to 10 with a field goal. Both defenses continued getting stops, including a Jamari Bellamy interception. Before the final nail was put in the coffin with four minutes left, with Alec Mock grabbing Ty Levi Ty's second interception of the game and taking it back 18 yards to the house, 17-0 Air Force. The midshipmen scored a touchdown right before the buzzer sounded, but the game was already in hand for the Falcons. Air Force improves to 7-0 and remains in the lead for the Group of Five New Year's Six bid. Zach Lariat, back from the dead, played quite well. Four of five, 151 one passing yards and a touchdown. Didn't run the ball too much, just 24 rushing yards and a fumble, but if he isn't 100%, you can understand why. Sony Michelle led the way for the Falcons with 69 rushing yards. Dane Kinnamon had that huge 94-yard touchdown catch. Jonathan Youngblood finished with 13 tackles and two tackles for loss. Bo Richter had one of the best games of his career, seven tackles, four tackles for loss, and a sack. Alec Mock had seven tackles to go along with his pick six. Peyton Zadroik and PJ Ramsey both had a sack, and Jamari Bellamy finished with two tackles tackles and an interception. Next, we had Hawaii traveling to Albuquerque to take on New Mexico. A massive game for both of these teams. The Lobos got out in front with a 28-yard touchdown catch from Jeremiah Hickson. Braden Shager threw an interception, which was quickly traded in for another Dylan Hopkins passing touchdown. Hawaii responded with the Stephen McBride show with him catching three passes for 67 yards and a touchdown on one drive to cut the lead in half. But New Mexico's offense just kept rolling with Ja'Cory Krosky-Merritt crossing the goal 
goal line for their third touchdown in as many trips. Make that four with Andrew Henry breaking free for a 33-yard score to go up 28-7. The Rainbow Warriors kept it close, though, with Braden Shager finding Pofele Ashlock right before halftime to make the deficit two touchdowns. Unfortunately for Rainbow Warriors fans, the second half started exactly like the first did with a long Lobo drive, ending with a Jeremiah Hickson touchdown catch, his second of the game. Down 21 points, Hawaii's offense continued to sputter with back-to-back turnover on downs, followed by back-to-back interceptions. They forced their first two punts of the game, but then let Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt loose for his second touchdown run of the day, putting New Mexico up 42-14 to with seven minutes to go. Braden Shager threw one more touchdown and one more interception before the end of the game, with Hawaii dropping their third straight, making any chance of making a bowl game increasingly scarce. New Mexico gets to 3-4 and four and has a chance to get to 500 against Nevada. Dylan Hopkins had one of his best games of the year, 20 of 25, 202 passing yards and three touchdowns. Andrew Henry, the UL Monroe transfer, having his best game of the year as well. 13 carries, 112 rushing yards and a touchdown, also at 27 receiving yards. Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt had his two rushing touchdowns. Jeremiah Hickson was incredible with three catches, 62 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Sophomore Jermarius Lewis, who was a name we haven't talked about all year, had a game for the ages. Seven tackles, a sack, two deflections, and two interceptions. And Zach Morris had three tackles and an interception. Braden Shager was moving the ball well, but just can't hold on to the football. 33 of 52, 345 passing yards, three touchdowns, but three interceptions and two fumbles. Stephen McBride, five catches for 75 receiving yards and two touchdowns, did have a fumble as well. Isaiah Tufaga led the way for the Rainbow Warriors with 12 tackles and half of a tackle for loss. And Jalen Smith continues to play well with nine tackles and half a sack. Next, let's go over Colorado State traveling to the Strip to take on Barry Odom and UNLV. One of the most intriguing games of the week, the explosive offenses didn't exactly shoot out of the gate. After a scoreless first quarter, Jose Pisano hit a 42-yarder to go up by three, which Rams kicker Jordan Noyes matched a few minutes later. Colorado State would score the only touchdown of the first half with an Avery Morrow touchdown run, and after another Jordan Noyes field goal before halftime, the Rams were up 13-3 to and 30 minutes away from a second straight upset. The run game was rumbling, but not for long as the Rebels dominated the third quarter. Two more Jose Pisano field goals cut the lead to four, and Donovan Lester gave UNLV their first lead of the game with an 11-yard score with three minutes left in the third. After trading possessions, Jose Pisano hit his fourth field goal with seven and a half minutes left to make it 19-13, but finally the Rams passing game got going with Braden Fowler Nicolosi finding Justice Ross Simmons for the 20-yard score, giving them a one-point lead with four minutes left. The Rebels drove down the field and hit another field goal to go up 22-20 to with 90 seconds left. The Rams then quickly got their own field goal with Jordan Noyes drilling a 55-yarder with 44 seconds to play. But have no fear, Jose Pisano is here as after Jaden Maiava led his offense deep into Ram territory, Pisano hit his sixth field goal of the game as time expired. UNLV comes from behind again to get to 6-1, and one, their best start since the days of Randall Cunningham, while Colorado State falls just short despite a spirited defensive performance and drops to 3-4. and Jaden Maiava played very well, 27 of 36, 353 passing yards, which is the most in his career and a fumble. Donovan Lester finished with 13 carries, 60 rushing yards and a touchdown. Jacob DeJesus had nine catches for 120 yards. He's one of the shiftiest players in the country. He's a guy that really pops off the screen when you watch UNLV's offense. Ricky White had nine catches for 74 receiving yards. Jackson Woodard finished with 14 tackles and half a tackle for loss. Jonathan Baldwin had 10 tackles. Jackson Turner had three 
three tackles and an interception off of Torrey Horton. And of course, Jose Pisano finished the day six of six on field goals. Braden Fowler Nicolosi wasn't really lighting it up out there. 21 of 32, 235 passing yards and a touchdown. Van Shield had one of his best games of his career so far since sliding into that running back one roll, 90 rushing yards for him. Dolan Hulker had four catches for 80 receiving yards. Justice Ross Simmons had four catches, 76 receiving yards and that touchdown near the end of the game. Torrey Horton finished with seven catches, 48 receiving yards and did throw that interception. Chagosi Anusium and Jack Howell led the way with 11 tackles each. Chase Wilson also had 10 tackles. Mohamed Kamara continues to be a problem with seven tackles, one and a half tackles for loss and a sack. And freshman Marshawn Oxley had a great game to establish his career with five tackles, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack. And last but not least, let's go over Utah State traveling to Sefku Stadium to take on San Jose State. Another huge game for both teams. The Spartans got in the end zone on their opening drive with a Quali Conley touchdown run from 10 yards out. The next three drives ended in turnovers, two San Jose State fumbles and a McKay Hillstead interception in his first game back from a concussion. Kyrie Robinson then doubled the Spartans lead with a short touchdown run. Rashul Faison then got the Aggies on the board with a run from five yards out. And after Micah Davis caught a 25-yard pass in the end zone, the game was tied at 14 with three minutes left before halftime. That score held through the start of the third before Quali Conley's second touchdown run put San Jose State back in front. Blake Anderson decided to go for it on his own 34 on fourth and one, which got stuffed, leading to Chevin Cordieros throwing his first touchdown to go up 28-14. Down one score, Anderson's decision just seemed rash and ultimately opened the floodgates with 11 minutes to go. Hillstead would throw another interception, this one being inside the Aggies' 15-yard line, setting up a 29-yard touchdown catch from Nick Nash to make it a 21-point game. Jalen Royals would cut the lead to two touchdowns with a 20-yard catch, but the Spartans led one more touchdown drive to seal the deal on Cordero's third touchdown pass of the day to Kyrie Robinson, make it two straight impressive wins for Brent Brennan and San Jose State, while the Aggies slip and fall to 3-5. and Chevin Cordero continues to be ridiculously efficient, 15 of 20, 119 passing yards, and three touchdowns, also ran for 53 yards and a fumble. Kyrie Robinson continues to dominate 21 carries, 102 rushing yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Also had 22 receiving yards and a touchdown catch. Quali Conley is one of the best backup running backs in the entire conference, no doubt about it. 15 carries, 74 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and 20 receiving yards as well. Jordan Pollard finished with 10 tackles and an interception. Trey Smith finished with six tackles, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack. And Javion Cole had a tackle and an interception. McKay Hillstead in his first game back struggled 17 of 29, 160 passing yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Jalen Royals was good, but not as good as he has been the last few weeks. Four catches, 60 receiving yards and a touchdown. Micah Davis finished with four catches, 57 receiving yards, a touchdown and a fumble. MJ Tafisi racked up 14 tackles. Anthony Switzer had nine tackles and two tackles for loss. And CN Sloan had a great game of four tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, a sack and a deflection. With week eight taken care of, let's talk about what's to come in week nine, starting with Wyoming traveling to the blue turf to take on Boise State. The Broncos are somehow a five point favorite. This game has major implications on the conference championship race with both teams sitting at two and one. Wyoming got the week off after falling short of beating undefeated Air Force, while Boise State got a bye week to regroup after their collapse against Colorado State. Wyoming will need to control the time of possession, force Boise State's QBs to give the ball away a few times, and of course, slow down Ashton Genty. The Broncos will have to avoid allowing any home runs, protect their quarterback, 
sacks from Wyoming's insane pass rush and let Ashton Genty lead the way to victory. My prediction, statistically, there's a lot that leans in Boise State's favor. They have the run game to exploit the Cowboys' weak run defense and have their own solid run defense to counter Harrison Whaley. With that being said, Wyoming is having a special season. They always find a way to win. Somehow, some way, I think they get it done here with Andrew Peasley gutting out a few touchdowns to lead his team to a huge win. My prediction, Wyoming 27, Boise State 20. Next, we have undoubtedly the game of the week with 6-1 UNLV traveling to Fresno State to take on the defending champions. A huge clash of potential title contenders. Barry Odom has the Rebels on their best start in almost 40 years after they beat Colorado State at the buzzer. Fresno State got the week off after surviving a shootout against Utah State. The Bulldogs will have to force some turnovers and slow down UNLV's go-go offense by forcing them away from the run game. For UNLV to pull this off and possibly get ranked, they'll need to pressure the quarterback, get into the end zone instead of field goals whenever possible, and get one of their many talented backs rolling early. My prediction, what a moment this would be if the Rebels can pull this off. With how good Fresno State's defense has been and how many different pass catchers have started to emerge, UNLV will need their offensive A-game to get this done. They didn't have that against Colorado State, and I don't know if they'll have it this time around either against a much better defense. Led by another monster game from Malik Sherrod, Fresno State gets one of their most impressive wins of the year. My final, Fresno State 31, UNLV 23. Next up, we have Air Force now all the way up to number 19 in the country, traveling to Fort Collins to take on Colorado State. The right to hoist the Ram Falcon Trophy is on the line. Air Force improved to 7-0 by throttling Navy, while Colorado State lost on a buzzer-beating field goal to UNLV. Air Force will have to pressure Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, contain Torrey Horton, and hit some home runs with Larrier and John Lee Eldridge III. The Rams will need to do everything possible to score since possessions will be hard to come by, as well as forcing some turnovers to keep the Falcons out of their rhythm. My prediction with how elite Air Force's defense has been, it'd be incredible if the Rams can score 30 points or even close to it. Unless they play perfect, they won't have the ball enough times to get out in front of the destructive force known as the triple option. I think Air Force leads the whole way as they slowly bleed Colorado State dry with a consistent pass rush and run game. My final Air Force 27, Colorado State 20. Next, we have New Mexico traveling to Reno to play Nevada. Both teams are coming off of big wins. The Lobos played one of their best games of the year against Hawaii, while Nevada's defense got them their first win of the year against San Diego State. New Mexico will need to get their run game going early, and they'll need to force some turnovers too. For Nevada to get a win streak going, Brendan Lewis will need to be accurate and mistake-free, and the defense can't let up any home runs. My prediction, it would be stunning if the Wolfpack could make it too straight. As incredible as their defense was, the offense was still just as inept as always. New Mexico is coming off their best performance all year and have been particularly efficient offensively. Look for Vincent Davis Jr. to lead the way as New Mexico gets to 500 and keeps a bowl game in sight. My prediction, New Mexico 28, Nevada 13. Last but not least, we have San Jose State traveling to the islands to take on Timmy Chang and Hawaii. The last game to go over this week is ironically between two teams whose games finished at 42-21. San Jose State had their strongest effort of the season in their win against Utah State, while Hawaii got beat front to back by New Mexico. The Spartans will look to keep up their momentum in the ground game by feeding Kyrie Robinson and Kuali Conley, as well as pressuring Braden Shager whenever possible. Hawaii has to avoid any turnovers, get the ball to their playmakers Stephen McBride and Pofele Ashlock, and limit the damage caused by the Spartans on the ground. My prediction, the Spartans seem to have really found their groove these last two games. The offense has thrived by leaning on the ground game instead of Shevin Cordero's arm. If Hawaii can't slow down their running back tandem, they have no 
chance unless Braden Shager plays out of his mind, which he simply hasn't recently. Powered by Cordero's four touchdowns, the Spartans continue to rise up the Mountain West standings with a convincing win. My final San Jose State 45, Hawaii 31. Before I let you go, this week's Hikes Peak Weekly MVP is going to Jermarius Lewis. Come on down, Jermarius. Seven tackles, a sack, two deflections, and two interceptions for New Mexico against Hawaii. Talk about a coming out party. Lewis played out of his mind in New Mexico's win against Hawaii. His play was a big reason why the Lobos are on track to make a bowl game. Congrats, Jermarius. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode where we'll talk about what went down in week nine and get you ready for week 10. If you enjoyed the episode, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing helps the show out more than that. So any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening. This show means everything to me and I'm glad you're all enjoying it. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.